So micro moments, major wins. Each day, take micro moments during the day to find positive things to acknowledge, to celebrate, to comment, uh, to give candid feedback to others. And people are just thirsty for positive dialogue. And, and you can fill their cup with your empathy and your caring and your optimistic leadership. But the first thing is you gotta make sure that your cup is full in order for you to fill other people's cup. You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Ambitious and highly driven leaders often overlook the importance of celebrating small wins, both with themselves and with their teams. Now, this can encompass just learning how to be reflective of your current circumstances or practicing the recognition of gratitude in different aspects of your work and life. Today, my guest is Dr. John Wynn, founder of Lighthouse Leadership Coaching. Dr. Wynn is the co-author of the book, Discover Your Inner Strength. He has a bachelor's degree from A&M University in Electrical Engineering, credentials from the College of Executive Coaching, and is a doctor of philosophy from Our Lady of the Lake University. He also holds multiple leadership and coaching certifications. Since my topic is celebrate the small wins, I knew Dr. Wynn could give some real insight on how to seek out the small wins and use them to build effective leadership with both yourself and your team. We had a great chat, so I hope you enjoy this Legal Skinny episode, Celebrate the Small Wins. Hey, John, welcome to the Legal Skinny podcast. Hey, thank you. It's uh, Thank you for the invitation to be your guest today, and I'm really excited to be here today. Oh, well, I'm, I'm excited to have you here. So I told my listeners a little bit about your background, but go ahead and tell me about your work. Okay, so uh, I've been executive coach for over 16 years, and I have 26 years in the oil and gas corporate uh, experience. Uh, I'm an executive performance coach, performance leadership coach, and uh, clients who hire me are, are ambitious leaders who work hard and are under a lot of pressure to deliver results. And that's what people hire you for, to deliver results. And so when we work together, we try to figure out what's getting in the way for them. And uh, we quickly create better balance in their life and, and create more significant success. So my background as a performance coach 
I focus on emotional intelligence and exemplary leadership behavior. And these are very, these are behaviors that's been studied for the last 30 years and they cut across generations, ethnicities and gender. And um, I help my client make sure that they become or, or show up more exemplary as a leader in their job. And I'm proud to say that I move the needle 98% of my client. We always move forward. We always make progress and they're very happy with the results. Uh, my clients range from entrepreneurs to corporate leaders. Well, we've had several conversations, which I've, I've truly enjoyed about many different facets of what you kind of just touched upon uh, that your, your work sort of entails. And I, one of the reasons, you know, I thought it would be great for us to come on here is, you know, you're a big proponent of, you know, you know, learning how to celebrate. How do you celebrate um, both as a professional and with your team? Of course, you know, my audience is employers, HR professionals. And so, um, you know, it's easy to kind of, um, you know, get bogged down by uh, all the weight of things. And so mm -hmm. let's kind of talk about when we're talking about wins and celebration, like, you know, it's easy, right, to find the big wins, right, John? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's easy to find big wins. I mean, when you're running a company, big wins are easy to identify because, you know, we always have goals. We have goals and metrics and milestones to keep us aligned and give us direction for the company. And examples of that are like, you know, high sales goals, industry recognition, landing a big client, passing an audit, safety goals, production goals, cost saving goals, efficiency goals. And so these are big wins. And sometimes um, it, it could take months or years to get to these goals. And we often communicate these goals um, in meetings and during broadcasts. And, and we give them high visibility. So, yeah, the big goals are easy uh, to identify in, in companies. Yeah. And I think our talk today, we don't really want to distinguish that those big goals aren't important to celebrate as well. But it's it's interesting because sometimes like the the year we're in here, uh, um, maybe those big wins weren't as easy to see. So I mean, let's that's why we kind of wanted to talk about the little wins. Like, how do you get past that? How do you still stay? How does everyone still stay pumped up? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this this year is a, a tremendously challenging year. I mean, we have um, we have to recognize that uh, you know we have social unrest, endemic climate disruptions, uh, election year. Uh, it's really a monsoon of, of abnormality this year for uh, for employers and employees, for, really for everybody on this planet Earth. And uh, so big wins, um, but remember big wins are an accumulation of little wins, okay? And so we often don't recognize these little wins. We don't recognize, we don't celebrate them. And sometimes not recognizing and celebrating leads to job fatigue, low morale. And the last thing we want with our staff is, is employee disengagement because they think that we don't care. And so we have to really, change our mindset about little wins uh, this year. Um, so we need to take a pause and take stock on where we're at today. What did we achieve our goals or didn't we? And just failing to achieve a goal doesn't make us a failure. Okay? It just says that you know we didn't do the right thing uh, with the right people. So we have to recognize ourselves as leaders and maybe in a larger, uh, with this large amount of stress, uh, we need to, um, think how to, or change our mindset actually, how we wanna go about to have a successful year.
So, um, you know, there's several things that we can do to, uh, to have these small wins. And I can share with you some of those strategies. Yeah, that's that's why I brought you here. That's why I'm getting out of the. I mean, let's face it, right? So it's a, it's a, it's you're, you, you touch on so much like the election year, all the, all the other drama. I mean, um, and certainly when people were setting their goals, and let's go all the way back to Thanksgiving last year, you know, yeah. and looking into 2020. Let's face it. I think we can call it. Nobody knew really. I mean, uh, maybe some scientists are claiming that they knew, but like they didn't know this was the year that we were going to be facing such a tremendous. Um, you know, emotionally, uh, physically challenging, um, uh, economically challenging time period. So those goals in businesses, um, you know, probably look different and how they resulted in whether or not there was a win or not. And certainly like if you were in the toilet paper business, you didn't know how well you were going to do in 2020 um, versus, uh, you know, you're running maybe a, a series of restaurants you're experiencing yeah. An incredible shutdown, uh, furloughs, issues with employees, trying to bring them back even after, you know, they technically are, are fired or furloughed, which is, you know, a hard uh, emotional thing, not only for the leaders to get past because they never thought they'd be in the position of having to let, let go or or stop employing a certain number of people, but then bringing those employees back and still trying to re-engage them like you're talking about. So it is kind of a complicated thing. And I think taking stock in that, like you said, taking a pause is so key in order to kind of reset and go, it's okay that this year didn't turn out exactly the way that you thought it was going to be. But when you're looking at this year, you shouldn't go, well, 2020 just didn't happen, which by the way, I know a lot of people want to think that, right? Like, uh, let's just skip past, forget 2020, we'll go to 2021. But maybe this is a learning moment, right, John? Like actually, when things don't turn out the way they are, which could easily be another year, just like 2020. Um, yeah. What do you do in that moment? What? How do you go ahead and take that moment and say, okay, now I um, I know how to celebrate the big wins, but how do we find the small wins when when we're dealing with this? And and what are your kind of strategies for that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, this year is a huge, difficult year for a lot of people. There, I can share with you that ninety percent of the company's goals in January is probably not the same goal. Uh, as in December or, or March or April this year. So I know that they have to pivot. They, I mean, a lot of companies are going out of business. So yeah, it's, it's a tremendous uh, stress on employers. And, and little wins are great. And doesn't have to be in a pandemic year or a, you know, a, a year of, of economic distress. I mean, little wins are, should be done every day, every year, no matter the cycle, the business cycle that we're in. So um, here's, here's a couple of things I, need, I can share with you on strategies. First is just take a pause and, stop, and take stock on where you're at today. You know, what are some of the things that you, you're doing? Uh, recognize yourself as a leader and, and realize that you're under a lot of stress this year, uh, enormous amount of stress because of the decisions you have to make. It it's, it's impacts the livelihood of people. And it can affect your thoughts and your emotions and your actions. And um, it's every day and, and it's with your staff. And, and you have to take, and you have to realize that the staff themselves are under a lot of stress uh, in this job market. So take pause and take stock on, on what you have. The other one is uh, show empathy, not only from the employee perspective, but also from the employer perspective. As an employer for your staff, realize that a lot of the staff uh, are under a lot of stress. 
uh, a lot of them are, are working check by check, um, single mom or single parents. They may have two jobs to, to pay the bills and, and they got to take care of kids. They got to be at home. They, you know, women to me, some of the biggest burden are on the women, female workers. I mean, they're, they're wives, they're moms, they could be grandmothers and they could be uh, the sole breadwinner for the, for the income. So, um, you know, show empathy, especially to the females uh, in the workspace. And as for the employer, you know, staff really need to show empathy to employees because they're making decisions that impact the, the company's future. Uh, when we talk about furloughs, I mean, tough decisions like employee, do we, do we furlough or do we let them go? Um, and, and it impacts people's livelihoods. Um, and, and who do you let go the first, you know, last in, first out or most senior person who, who is the you know biggest cost in the company? So there's a lot of emotional distress for employers to make, and it's tough for them to make these calls uh, under a lot of pressure like this. Uh, the, the third one is take control of your emotions. I mean, if you're going to say something out of step, just politely step away. <laughs> Sometimes we, you know, we get emotionally charged and we get very explosive with our emotions and and we forget that you know what we say has a huge impact and a ripple effect uh, sometimes negative ripple effect when we emotionally uh, hijack and so um just politely excuse yourself and and be in tune of your emotions one of the things that i always uh, talk about is especially with emotional intelligence is there's two factors one is uh, emotional awareness. Are you aware of how you're feeling? Are you aware of, of what's going on in your body? Uh, you know, are you are you aware that you're upset or frustrated or, or glee or, or, or angry or mad? And also <clears throat> the other emotional intelligence factor is emotional expression. Are you capable to express how you feel accurately so that people can respond to you more accurately? You can't go around being angry all the time or mad all the time. You can be frustrated or, or distressed or something. So having a wide vocabulary <clears throat> to express your emotions accurately is really important. And it, it really helps alleviate some of the stress that's already in, you know, in the air with people. So taking control of your emotion is important. And the third one here is really about, um, uh, Consider an outlet, finding something to um, to relieve some of this pressure. It's about, you know, when we engineer a pressure vessel, we don't run it to the limit of explosion. We run it with with safety valves, you know, at different levels to to contain the overpressure. And it's just like us. We have we we're like a pressure valve, you know, a, a pressure vessel. And if we don't have safety valves to eliminate the the mental and the emotional pressure, uh, we will explode. And when that happens, it's catastrophic. You know, it's out of control. So consider an outlet. And some of the outlets that will help you de-stress is, is meditation. I mean, I, I meditate. Um, you can do yoga. You know, that really helps. Uh, journaling helps a lot. Sometimes what's in our head, we really need to put on paper and actually a, a process of writing it out really relieves that stress. Uh, exercising is important. Sometimes, you know, that stress that we build up, we just really need to, to let it out physically. Um, running a treadmill or, or 
go to the gym really helps relieve some of that pressure. Um, another except, one, except when they close your gym, John, and then you're like mad about that, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you can also have a gym at home too. So you don't have to buy a lot of equipment, you know, just push-ups. All you do is push-ups, push up, sit-ups, um, jumping jacks, you know, um, you know, a $5, um, um, rope jump, you know, jump rope will help you a lot too. So, yeah. So praying, I think is really important. I think praying helps a lot uh, with, um, and, and, and one thing about praying that I really like is that you don't have to carry the burden, all of this burden, some of this burden, you can, you can hand it over to a higher being and that person can, can really alleviate some of the burden because it's sometimes it's out of your control and it's out of your influence. Uh, one thing I do, another one I do is as I paint, you know, every once a month I would break out my paint and I would spend three hours painting uh, on a Sunday when everyone's asleep. Um, you know, one thing that you told me about that, <laughs> you had some girlfriends that was axe throwing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, John. I thought that was, I would get to do it, but I know friends that have done it and I mean, let's face it, some people may be listening to this and they go, oh my gosh, I don't know, journaling, meditating, what is this hippie granola stuff Trisha and John are trying to sell? But um, I think that if you look past that, because there's, you know, don't don't worry about the hippie granola piece of it. The real piece that I think you and I are trying to chat about is that um, recognize that you might have some emotions about things and find a healthy way mm -hmm. for you to... Um, alleviate the stress related to that because it leaks into everything, not just, you know, we we're here talking about, you know, your work, but it, it leaks in your personal life as well. And I think I've had conversations with my clients and maybe you had this too. And I certainly have felt this throughout the pandemic that there were times when, you know, you don't even realize the level of the stress because it's so high. There's so many different moving parts going on that, you know, I may be, they may be calling me to talk to me about, you know, a certain stress, but there's got like, you know, they got a list of, you know, 10 other stresses going on because of the way that this year went. Um, it's certainly not alone and segregated this year, but this may be a very, uh, you may be seeing a higher level of stress than you may normally see. And then you don't recognize you're in that stress. And like you said, you just sort of like blurt out something, um, maybe, you know, being a little harsher with your employees than you normally would be being frustrated with them, not necessarily that they cause the frustration, but that because of the situation that we're all in, you know, the frustration is just naturally leaking out. So how can you find a healthy way to sort of right. alleviate that? Is that, right. I mean, that's kind of, it sounds like we're, and I suggested axe throwing, but um, I also <laughs> suggested golf, <laughs> uh, you know, playing basketball, uh, try to play, you know, um, get out there. Like I, I'm with you. I think a little bit of, you know, uh, sweat is probably a good way to kind of get those endorphins going to alleviate the stress yeah. issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've heard and I've read that, you know, because of the COVID, because of the pandemic, you know, we are spending so much time at home, isolated, lonely, um, you know, and a lot of people who are very interactive, you know, they're, they lack that, they're missing that piece of their life of, of going and talking to their peers at work or their managers. I mean, uh, we spend a lot of time at work and that's, a sec that's the second half of our life. And, and we need to, and we're, we've lost that in nine months already. 
So yeah, the whole point of here on, on considering an outlet is the point is remove yourself from work, finding yourself um, doing something that is not related to work, that, that, that takes your mind away from work. And that way um, you can kind of refresh yourself recharging your battery. I would say that recharging the human battery is something that, that you need to do because you just can't sprint in a marathon. No one sprints in a marathon. To win. Uh, so you got to pace yourself. Yeah, I think, and and the reason that you and I are talking about this is kind of because we had chatted about this offline first to get to where we decided we wanted to discuss this on this podcast was that you have to get in the right headspace for us to even start talking about how you can recognize those small ones. Because mm-hmm. if you're in this headspace where you're like, you know, the numbers are down, we're losing money, and you're so negative about everything and every, you know, even to such an extent, you may not even realize how much you are. It's very difficult for you to see, right, mm-hmm. what a smaller win looks like in order for you to recognize it within yourself or within your team. So let's talk about, you call it, you said something about switching to a discovery mindset. Tell me a little bit, but like in light of everything, how do you recognize, how do we start to figure out what these small wins are? Yeah, yeah. So small wins, um, it's, it's really a change of mindset. You know, I know I, I work with a lot of managers and, and, and what they do is they go to work and they see things that people do wrong. They identify things that people do wrong. That's their job, John. That's part of their job. <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. But the other half of the job is recognizing people for doing things right. <laughs> so true. So, yeah, we're under a lot of stress to produce results. And, and as leaders, we 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 deliver results through others. You know, we actually don't do it ourselves. We we you know ask and delegate and and, and manage and follow through. So um Motivating employees often um, is not a sprint; it's it's a marathon. Um, so, so there are some ways to to do that. And and to me, if you change the mindset from identifying and see things that are wrong to a discovery mindset of you know what people are doing right. You know, exceptional leader knows that. In order to keep their staff consistently motivated, inspired, and have a healthy working environment, they must find little ways to to take time to celebrate. And that's what we need these days. A lot of staff are already stressed out, uh, and they are so thirsty and so hungry for positive feedback. And I know that no one wakes up in the morning with an agenda to screw up everything that they do in life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope yeah. not you don't have those employees, but yeah. Yeah, we don't. And, and normally we can't even do everything wrong, right? You got to really put a lot of effort <laughs> wrong. That's right. So um, with the mind, discovery mindset is, hey, let's let's go in the workplace. Instead of looking for things that's wrong or broken, let's, let's just go on a discovery hunting safari and say you know let's let's find things that people are doing well or doing better okay maybe they improved on their presentation skills or improved on accuracy or something like that but whatever they do find things that they that you can positively and genuinely celebrate and say something nice about it and, and celebrating creates a good feeling among a group of employees it produces this happy hormone in the brain and, and in turn it developed a pleasant working space and it, it, it's highly motivated 
and, and you can really motivate a, a large group with a simple celebration. Okay. Um, so I'm going to share with you some strategies that other companies are using um, when using this discovery mindset. So, so keeping the first one is keeping a good book. So at Cloud9 Living, company's co-founder, Bobby Anks, uh, keeps this kind of a book to recognize the right deeds done by his employees. So, you know, when he sees someone does a good deed, he may not have the opportunity to go and recognize it, but he'll write it down and he'll may, he may um, share it at a, at a party or at a, a meeting or something. Uh, about these people that he has recognized or noticed that did I love did. that. Yeah. And then you can journal that and you can say, wow, you know, a lot of my staff has done a lot of good deeds. And sometimes we forget things or memory does not justify us remembering accurately everything. So, so keeping a good deed book is, is a good practice. Wait a minute. Should there, is this like a, like a Santa, like naughty or nice book? So we have the book oh, of all yeah. the bad deeds and all the good deeds. Okay. Yeah. So they should have a good deed book. This is so, cause they'll remember the bad deeds. So maybe the good needs need to be. Well, we always see the bad deeds, right? And then so we forget <laughs> and we take for granted the good deeds that people do. Uh, so yeah. So keeping a good book, a good deed book or a good book is, is what um, an example of another. I like, I like that. Um, creating, uh, creating, Go the extra mile program. Um, you know, when an employee witness another person going the extra mile, uh, they would nominate them for the going extra mile, the gym certificate. Um, so two companies I know that do this. Uh, one, Shell. Shell has a high five program where it's just a high five, you know, where we work so virtually now. We want to give a high five to person, to people, but we can't physically. So we give them a virtual high five. And, and if an employee recognizes another employee who went the extra mile to help out, uh, they would do give a high five to that person and they will share that to their boss, their, to their staff and to their peers. Um, so that's one way. Another way, Chick-fil-A, you know, when you go the extra mile, which is part of their core value anyway, is that when they see a staff going the extra mile, you know, that's something to celebrate. Um, so, so go the extra mile program is our, our, our programs that other companies use. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, you know, it's interesting because it's so not about um, a money thing. It's like oh. a, this recognition thing. Yeah. I feel like sometimes it gets so undervalued and sort of lost and swept under the rug that yeah. a lot of people are much more highly motivated um, to be recognized, to feel fulfilled in their position. They aren't going to work just to screw your whole day up. As <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, as you said. Yeah. Um, they're trying to do a good job. And and yeah. sometimes, like I always say, the communication um, and feedback to them of improvement ideas is, uh -huh. is and, and giving an opportunity always to rehabilitate an employee that maybe isn't performing the way you like. They may not understand what it is you want them to be doing. So um, certainly recognizing when they've gone the extra mile or to give them that, what did you call it, a virtual high five? Uh, yeah. yeah, I like that. Definitely. And, and the thing is, um, you know, several of my clients asked me, hey, John, this person did this and this person did that. Should I go ahead and fire or let that person go? And, my, and I usually don't give them an answer, but I, I, I need to get them to think about it because the, the task or the issue that happened was, was it a character issue or was it a training issue? A lot of time people weren't trained or weren't skilled to do something that you've asked them to do. So they made a mistake. 
mistake. But if it's a character issue, you know, intentionally theft, intentional thefts, or you know, something that's a character flaw that you can't change through training, then that's that's grounds for dismissal. Yeah. So kind of helping to think clear about that. Uh, and, and don't let people's personality get in the way. That's people a tough one. That's always a tough one. I think that that these are all really, really good ideas as far as like, um, you know, this discovery mindset. Was that all of them? Did you have another one to share or is that good? Yeah. And then one more is, is uh, don't forget about um, just recognizing holistic achievements. Um, when people have, you know, people have personal goals in their life. Maybe they want to be, they want to own a house or lose weight or, or be more healthy. Um, you know, a lot of companies incentivize um, being healthy, eating well, things like that, exercising more, going to the gym, working out, losing weight. And so don't, don't think all these recognition needs to be business-based or, or has to be business-focused. It could be very personal focus at home. And, and, and people will remember not what you do for them, but, but how you make them feel. So take personal attention and care and show empathy um, for their well-being outside of work is just as important or more important as inside the workspace. And remember, money is not always the number one motivator. Um, the generation, the young generation that's working now, money is not the motivator. It, it's it's recognition. That's why you have teenagers who go to work and, and just thirsty for recognition because they're not getting that from their employer. Because in social media, you know, they're waiting for Instagram, you know, likes and, and stars and all of that. And when they don't get enough, they get depressed. And, and so when they go to work, they don't get that from our, from the employer, right? They don't get the likes from employers. So, so recognizing the generation difference um, they, the younger generation needs a lot of feedback and a lot of recognition and it needs to be genuine because they know it's BS when you, when you're just fluffing it. Yeah. They more likes, more hearts. I heart you. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, if we got a leader here listening to us today, like mm -hmm. someone either owning a company or leading, you know, the HR sector or another um, piece of the company, and they're trying to think, what can I implement today to help celebrate these small ones? I think you gave some great ideas. Um, you talked to me a little bit about, you know, um, they should be the role model. Like, can you talk a little bit about that, John? Yeah, definitely. So, so, so in leader, as leaders, we are the role model of how we want the organizations to behave. Okay, so we I know through studies and, and examples and experience that as leaders, people who who report to you or who are your peers uh, would will, um, will imitate your behavior. So if you're a procrastinator, they're gonna procrastinate. You know, if you're a, a very if you're a person that's very detailed they're gonna switch and pivot their behavior to be a very detailed person. So, so leaders, you are a reflection of your organization of how you want to change. So just like um, Muhammad said, you know, be the change you wanna see in the world, okay? Uh, if you be the change, be the role model that you wanna see in your organization. 
yeah, I think <laughs> you said don't show up ten minutes late if you want them all to show up on time. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, punish somebody to who's behaving, who is showing up the same behavior that you're showing up. Yeah, right. I think. I mean. It, and it sounds like a no-brainer, right? It sounds like, well, that's kind of obvious, right? But it's not a bad time to reflect on that and at this time of year to go, you know, am I, is there any changes I could sort of level up, you know what I mean, to kind of be a better role model for the people that I'm, I, I have underneath, underneath me that I'm managing. So, yeah. um, no, and I love that. Yeah, and, and, and you, you, you play more than one role as a leader. You also play... Yeah a sounding board for a lot of people too. They just want to, they just want to talk. And sometimes we just need to be here there to listen. Um, and we need to help people when they're in trouble that we just help them see the silver lining. That's there's always a silver lining in everything. Uh, like I said, just because you fail doesn't make you a failure. You, you just haven't learned the lesson yet. That's all. And what yeah. is the lesson? <laughs> or there, yeah. And like optimism, right? So they, they bring in a positivity. I mean, it is hard uh, when there's challenging and a lot of things coming on the leaders that, you know, um, certainly with business owners, sometimes you have these conversations where they're like, well, the employee just doesn't feel the way I feel about this company. And I'm like, the employee doesn't own the company, you know, so right. they're never going to exactly feel the way you feel because they've never done what you're doing and they don't yeah. maybe see it the way you see it. So it's okay to say, okay, that's okay that they don't completely feel the way I feel they can still feel very invested and be incredibly um, huge assets for a company. I think it's just, um, so you trying to keep on the positive side, it don't go looking for the negative as far as, um, you know, it all feeds back. Like you're saying, John, like how you, you reach out to them. If they look at a situation and they're like, oh, it's totally dire. You know, we had to lay off. I mean, it's, it's devastating right now. Some companies, like you said, are going out of business. Some of them have maybe laid off whole sections Mm -hmm. of their company friends that they they worked with for years are potentially you know they're no longer those employees are seeing this you know and thinking am i next there's an anxiety there like right. um and maybe some of the managers and owners are like maybe you are we don't know like so like it's an all everyone's kind of like doing this dance around you know what's the economy going to do where are we all going to go and you know how can you see the positivity through all that it just feels right. like you can never push harder now than to find that silver lining and yeah. show them what it is so that they don't, you know, mm -hmm. um, they can't be productive if they're completely, you know, worried all the right. time and they don't, right. and they feel this negative tension. It just doesn't work well. And it, it leads yeah. to, you know, problems all throughout the company, I think. Right. Yeah. As leaders, we need to be optimistic. Uh, optimistic doesn't mean unrealistic, right? I mean, we gotta be optimistic, but, but we also need to be a, a magnet for, positivity and abundance. Um, we can attract more talented people, more more uh, inspired people, more motivated people, if we can be more optimistic and, and be positive about things. Um, because that's, you know, that's what, that's how people are attracted to you. You know, you're, the energy that you bring into the room, the positivity, the inspirational messages that you have for them. Um, and that you have to change your mindset in order to do that. Um, okay. and you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, on and it's just one thing that, that I learned from John Maxwell. He said that when I was really young in this path is that you got to touch people's heart 
before you can ask for their hands. You, people will not jump through fires and hoops and loops and, you know, if you've never put out the time to get to know them and show that you care because they don't care. Why should they care if they, you don't care? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I certainly, I think I've seen that a lot where, you know, I, I had those difficult conversations where the employers were like, I absolutely don't want to lay anyone off. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you're at this point where well, the completely, the, sh the company's completely decided is shut down from the government. You, you know, you, you got all these difficult decisions. Do you feed into money that you may need later to keep these employees? How do you deal with it? And um, it's those difficult decisions where they're, you know, they've invested in these employees. They never thought they'd be in this position. They certainly didn't plan to be in this position. And how how do they deal with it? And I think that's kind of a, a big piece of having to look at the positivity of all of it. A lot of those companies did come through and were able to keep, you know, keep those employees. Um, hopefully, you know, um, more of them will be able to build back up and we'll see the economy get better here so that um, we can see some healing from all of this. But the positivity thing is, you know, we never know the ups and downs. And, and I think this is all a good lesson for them to learn. So I, I think that's great thoughts, John. Yeah, thank you. So we, what about like gratitude? Like, um, yes, they're, they're trying to find the silver lining. They're trying to show that, but like, what can they do? I mean, you told me about a technique that you, you use, um, as, uh, that you encourage your, your clients to use as a leader or with their team. Can you kind of talk a little bit about this little hack? Yeah, yeah. So, so I developed this hack over time. I first started with uh, a small piece and it grew and it grew. And, and as I learned, it, it became something that I, I felt was really powerful. Uh, it's called the the information hacks. It's 311, right? When you call 311, you're asking for information. So 311 is the hack that I use uh, every morning, actually. So what 311 means is that before I get out of bed in the morning, I would reflect on the last 24 hours, what are the three things that I am blessed and I'm grateful for? You know, it could be anything. It could be walking in the rain, you know, uh, feeling the water splashing in your face. Um, an example, today, my daughter and I, we planted a, a Japanese cherry tree together. And, and it's a small act, but it's gonna it reflect our trip in Japan about a year or two ago. And we wanted to bring, and she said, she made a comment about the cherry tree and I heard it and I ordered a cherry tree and we planted today. And it's a simple act, but to me, that was a very blessful and, and grateful, um, simple act that we, I'm gonna remember the rest of my life. So, so yeah, three blessings uh, in the last 24 hours that you were grateful for. So that's three. The one is what one thing can you improve on? You know, an example of that is if I were to reflect on, I could say, you know, one thing I could improve on was probably be a little more patient with my wife. <laughs> we're going through a lot of stress and a lot of movement and things like that. So just calm down, John, calm down. <laughs> calm down, John, be more patient with her, geez. There you go. So that's one thing I can improve on. So that's that's three, and that's the one. And the other one is what one thing that you want to continue that you're doing well that you're proud of. Um, so you know, just think of the last 24 hours. It could be, yeah, you know what, you you were very positive yesterday. You had a really positive vibe. You know, continue, do more of that. 
Um, so, so the hack that I, you know, that I would encourage uh, not only leaders, but just everybody who's listening to this podcast, is the three, one, one, three things that you're blessed or grateful for in the last 24 hours, one thing that you can improve on and one thing that you want to continue doing. Okay. And you can use this as a team icebreaker, you know, just go around, you know, Hey guys, you know, Patricia, let's start with you. You know, what's your three, one, one. Uh, hack uh, today, you know, and and you can really use that as as a way to to really understand, discover people, what motivates, what inspires them, uh, what areas that they're doing well, what areas that they, they would like to improve on, and um, and like like I just asked, you smile, right? I saw that body language, <laughs> so so really right. it engages people, and that's what you want to do is you want to engage everyone in the meeting and starting off positive gives that positive energy in the meeting or else people will check out pretty soon. And it goes back to what you were saying before, John, like, I mean, the investment in the employee, letting them know you're, you're interested in them. Um, I mean, it can be a source of, of frustration sometimes when you're dealing with employees because performance issues or whatever, what, what not many, many, many frustrations can come out of having employees. Um, so <laughs> if anything, we preached a little bit of like, try to try to look past all of that, find this way and show that you're interested in them. You, you make it be surprised, right? How they react to you and, and the feeling you get and the loyalty that you get back from them on how invested they are because you seemed invested, right? Yeah. Yeah. They would not invest in you if you, don't invest in them. Um, it's, you know, I, I, one of the things that I learned is that, you know, these, during the day, take these micro moments to, to acknowledge people, um, provide feedback or feed forward is what I call it. Um, and these micro moments to get to know and develop a relationship will really have a great return on investment for you. Uh, maximum return on investment when you have these micro moments and these micro moments, like I said, you can't have big wins until you accumulate these small wins over time. Yeah. I can't agree with you more. I really think, you know, um, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing this stuff because, you know, it is hard to take that moment and look at the big picture and really think, okay, is this going to, you know, move my company forward? And you would be so shocked and surprised to find out that, you know, some of the most successful companies are the ones that create that culture that people just want to be a part of. The energy is there. The positivity is there. Even going through the situations that the companies have gone through this year, you know, they they find a way to, you know, you know, keep those spirits up and, and keep the culture there. And it's the Zoom thing has added another layer of challenge. But I think um, it's it's certainly it's doable. Uh, me and John believe you can do it. So if you're listening, try the three one one hack for sure. <laughs> I know you can do it. There's no doubt that you can do this, and it's it takes a simple changing habit too. It's it's a it's a it's a habit changing investment that you need to make for yourself. And I guarantee you, if you can be more positive, just try out the three one one just for yourself for. For 30 days, you know, money back guarantee, right? <laughs> 30 days, try the 311 hack and see how it's going to change your life. It will. It, it will. If we start thinking and be more living a life of abundance and a, a life of, of gratitude and, and, and faith, 
it's it's going to change your life. It's going to turn it around. And I know it, it has happened to me. Well said. Well put. Do you want to do the legal skinny rundown? I love to. Okay. And just don't listen to John. There's no real guarantees on this program. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, so beach or mountains? Uh, I would do the mountains. Okay. Elvis or the Beatles? My wife likes Elvis, so I'll go with Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, but you follow along. Good idea. Good idea. Okay. Most influential book that you've read. And I know you're a reader, so. Yeah. So, so I thought about that and, and I, I, I'm going to show you this book. This is a book that I, I read when I was doing my doctorate uh, in leadership studies. And it's, it's the title is called Jesus CEO, Using Ancient Wisdom to for Visionary Leadership by Laurel Beth Jones. And, and what I really like about it is um, the author takes what Jesus what would Jesus do, right, in, in you know, times of distress, you know, the decisions, the hard decisions. And it translates to what would you do? How does that relate to the current society and time? Uh, so, you know, the best person that, you know, who else would you want to follow, you know, not Jesus <laughs> and how he makes decisions in life. Very cool. I'll have to check that out. I have not read that. It sounds, it sounds intriguing for sure. Okay. Dead or alive. What famous person would you invite to dinner? Um, well, I wouldn't invite a dead person to dinner, but I would definitely invite a live person. Um, you know, one of the person that I really admire over the years, and I've read most or actually almost or all of his book is John Maxwell. John Maxwell is one of the international guru in leadership. Uh, he's, he translates leadership theories in a very common lay person understanding, and, and he has stories behind that. And it really impacts. Uh, and so, so one thing is, as leaders, when you want to teach a lesson, don't tell people what to do. You know, use metaphors. I mean, it's so great when people can understand through metaphors and storytelling and experience. Um, and it's in, more inspirational than just say, hey, you know, do this because it's right. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And John Maxwell, I, I'm a fan as well. So I hear you on all of that. And it didn't take it so literally, of course, like dead or alive. <laughs> You're the only one that's giving me a hard time about that. Okay, finally, one minute or less, what is this skinny on celebrating the small wins, both for the leader and for their team? Okay, so I spoke about earlier, and, and this is a mindset change, too. It's, it's micro moments, major wins. So I, I do a lot of that, and I, share, and I teach a lot of my clients about that is, Slow down. If you want to go fast, slow down a bit. You, you can't sprint during a marathon. You're going to run out of energy. And so micro moments, major wins. Each day, take micro moments during the day to find positive things to acknowledge, to celebrate, to comment, uh, to give candid feedback to others. And people are just thirsty for positive dialogues. And, and you can fill their cup with your empathy and your caring and your optimistic leadership. Um, role. But the first thing is you got to make sure that your cup is full in order for you to fill other people's cup. So how do you reflect on how do I fill my cup? What fills me? It could be exercising. It could be praying. It could be, you know, um, it could, axe, be it could be axe throwing. Axe throwing, knife <laughs> throwing. <laughs> I don't know. Go to the shooting range, whatever. Uh, golfing. 
whatever you do, find ways to fill your cup. And you can't fill an empty cup. You can't fill others with an empty cup, is what I'm saying. So got to fill your cup first before you can fill others. I love all of that. I love it. I love it. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? So uh, the easiest, quickest way is just to contact me. And I'm going to give you my mobile number. It's uh, 281-866-1505. Just text me or give me a shout. Um, and I'll, I'll, I will always make time to, to listen and, and to talk to you. The other way is uh, my email. Uh, it's W-I-N-Win. And that's how you pronounce my last name too, Win. Uh, at lighthouseleadershipcoaching.com. So when, it's, it's a double play. When is also how you pronounce my last name, but when, W-I-N, also stands for what's important now. What is important now for you that you want to be coach on? And my job is to get you out of your comfort zone, and my job is to make sure that I hold up the mirror so that you become the best version of yourself in a very compressed time frame. And, and, and people are lucky to get to work with you. So I, I can't uh, thank you enough for coming on the podcast here today. It's my pleasure. And thank you for the invitation. I thoroughly enjoy it. Oh, it's great. I'll, you'll have to come back and visit again if, if I can get you to do that. Definitely will do that. So that's The Legal Skinny on celebrating the small wins. Thank you again, John. Thanks, Trisha. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also, check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember... This is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.